Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and welcome to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Kendra Petroni and today we're talking with Martha Sheridan. She's the president and CEO of the Greater Boston Convention and Visitors Bureau. Not only does Martha have 30 years of destination marketing experience under her belt, she has been a key player in generating more than $20 billion for the greater Boston economy. Now that we hopefully have the pandemic behind us, I'm excited to have Martha on today to talk about looking forward to getting our visitors back in the city and booming this economy once again. Good morning, Martha. Welcome to the show. Good morning. It's great to be here. Thank you, Kendra. So first, tell us a little bit about yourself. It's kind of funny, but it's basically your job to make us fall in love with a fabulous city like Boston. So how did you decide to head down the career path of tourism and marketing? Well, I actually started my uh, passion for this industry back in college. I um, I went to the University of Rhode Island, and I, at that time I was a tour guide at the Breakers Mansion in Newport. And I got my first taste of this incredible industry. And uh it just took off from there, honestly. I had a, a bit of a uh, frontline uh, career path initially, working as a tour director across the country, working in hotels, and then started um, in destination marketing in the late 1980s in Rhode Island. And I was hooked. So it's a great industry, and um, I love every minute of my job. So I have to ask you this question, because, of course, we've asked everyone that we've had on now that things are starting to pick up again. Tell us about the day. I call it the day everything sort of stood still. For me, it's March 13th, 2020 was the day they said schools were closed and I have three young kids. So for me, like that's when everything sort of stopped being normal. Do you remember where you were, what you were doing almost two years ago, you know, as the head of basically the tourism in our city, what you were doing and and what that experience was like? Sure. Yeah. Well, I was here in the office, actually, on the, that fateful day or, you know, one of those fateful days. I might have been buried a bit for each of us. But um, I remember I had hired a new executive vice president. He had started maybe two weeks before. And I, um, you know, was listening in on what people were doing and we are, where do we go from here? And I walked into her office. I said, we're going home. <laughs> and um, we didn't come back, as you know, for quite some time. Um, and really, from from that moment on, uh, everything just became a roller coaster for us. You know, we just didn't know what to expect. Obviously, we could never have anticipated the devastation that the tourism sector encountered as a result of the pandemic, and of course, the devastation to human lives in general. 
you know, been a sure. very surreal year. But, um, you know, that being said, we've learned a lot along the way. And I feel, I feel like we are hopefully, you know, moving forward and, and out of the half of this pandemic somewhat. And, um, you know, looking forward to brighter days ahead. Is Boston a highly desired destination for travel? I mean, I've lived here my whole life. So for me, it's like, well, who, who wants to come here? But we want them to, right? And if so, like, why do you think Boston is such a standout from other cities? Well, you know, tourism is the third largest sector in the Commonwealth. So people definitely like coming to Massachusetts, whether it's Boston, the Cape, the Berkshires, et cetera. And Boston is um, absolutely a very popular visitor destination. We are you know, obviously known for our history, for our sports. Um, you know, we're trying to elevate other um, segments of the industry uh, to get people excited about our our cuisine, our neighborhoods, our arts and cultural offerings. So, yeah, it's absolutely uh, a place that people want to come to. But, you know, we still have to talk about it, promote it. It's not, um, you know, always top of mind. So we want to make sure that Boston becomes uh, a preferred destination for anyone looking for a getaway, whether they're from, you know, New England, you know, across the country or really across the world. And that's our goal. Make make Boston the global uh, destination that it truly is. What is going on in the city right now? Because for me, I'm not a I'm not a huge winter activity type of person. And if you're not a skier or a skater, it can be tough to you know find ways to enjoy the outdoors. Can you share some of the amazing events and places that we can go in the city? Because I know there's a lot out there, and you're the expert. So help me. <laughs> what can we do in the city? Yeah, Boston. Boston is a, actually a really exciting winter destination. We do a lot to promote outdoor activities at this time of year in spite of the weather. We sort of embrace it, right? Um, if you go to the seaport now, they have a, a lot of fun activities. You can try your hand at curling. Um, you know, obviously, there's some, some great uh, museums in that in that vicinity. You know, we have skating on the Frog Pond. Um, we have, obviously, just visiting the Public Gardens still, which is beautiful any time of year, strolling along. Some of our beautiful streets like Com Ave and Beacon, Beacon Street and, and the like and looking at our beautiful architecture. And then just, of course, getting out into our neighborhoods and, and learning what's happening in other parts of the area. Um, you know, winter is a great time to be in Boston. It's easy to get a hotel room. Uh, restaurant reservations are a little easier to come by, although not always. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and also we've got these incredible food markets now. You know, you've got Time Out Market, High Street just opened. You've got the hub at at um, the guard, TD Garden. So really um, plenty to do indoors and out in the winter. Our, our theaters are in full swing. And I, I think it's one of the best times to come to Boston, actually. Is there a certain season that is the most popular? I mean, it, winter or summer, is there a certain time of the year that you find more people come than others? Well, I mean, fall is really popular for us, obviously. We get people that are coming to New England for, you know, the foliage, and they make Boston a preferred stop on that itinerary. Um, the fall is a big time for international visitors to come to our region, and they, they stay longer, they spend more money, so hopefully... You know, once we resuscitate uh, our international visitation, Boston will be back on the top list for uh, places to come in the U.S. Um, so, yeah, I would say fall is probably one of our busier seasons. Uh, you know, we have Red Sox baseball in full swing, obviously. Um, but we are definitely, you know, like I said winter is a great time. We're, we're a four-season destination, so I think any time of year is a great time to be here.
Lots of options. Well, actually, I wanted to kind of tail on to that part of what you just said about U.S. travel. You're also you also chair Governor Baker's Advisory Council on travel and tourism. What is happening with U.S. travel right now? I mean, are you finding people are are a little more active and coming here? Are there any areas or countries that still aren't really as relaxed in allowing travel to and from? I mean, how is that going with U.S. travel altogether? Yeah. So. Um Definitely, the borders are starting to open up again. Um, you know, we thought this would have, would have happened last year, but of course, the variants kind of set us back a bit, Delta and Omicron. But um, you know, UK, um, they're starting to make their plans to visit uh, this region, Ireland, Germany. We, we are still waiting on um, our friends from Asia to, to you know be able to travel here again. We, we were on a path to having some really robust visitation from China. Uh, but obviously, that's not occurring right now, based on the restrictions happening in that in that region. Uh, but ultimately, we're hoping that they open up again soon and and come back and visit us. So yes, I think I think international is going to come back this year, and we're blessed with a great airport, incredible direct service to so many different cities abroad. So um, you know, once once the timing is right, we're we know that we're going to be uh, back on that list for people that are coming to the U.S. Do you find people telling you that it Boston's an easy place when you're coming as a total visitor to to get around and to travel? I mean, you kind of touched on it there a little bit. I mean, we've got Logan Airport, which is phenomenal. And it is funny that you say that because when I've gone to any other airport or other places, I notice the difference. Like we take it for granted because we're here and we're in Boston, but wow, we're good. Like we're good at what we do, I think, you know? I mean, that sounds weird to say it, but if you have been to any other airports, and I'm sure they they work hard and they're great, but Logan is, I mean, we're top here in Boston. Do you find that people that travel here have that same reaction, that same um, high praise, I guess, for the city? Yeah, without a doubt. You know, they've made so many great upgrades to Boston, to Boston's Logan Airport over the years, and it really shows. Um, you know, the ease of getting in and out of there has become uh, phenomenal, and Basically, the airport is in the city. There's not many cities across the U.S. that can boast that. When you land at Logan, you're only 10 minutes from downtown Boston. So that's a a real perk. And then just getting around Boston is so easy with our, with the T system. Uh, You know, obviously we're a walkable city. You know, we often say to people, you don't really need to rent a car here because you can get around very, very easily from point A to point B without worrying about driving. So I find our accessibility is a key uh, a key feature for us. Martha, you're also the co-chair of the advisory committee, and you're planning a big event, the 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party. It's set to take place December 16th of 2023. Do I have that correct? You do, yes. What What do you have planned for that? I mean, are there any details you can share? Because, I mean, it's, I'm just at the, at the thought of any big event happening now after two years of, of everything being so slow. I mean, I'm excited to know what you guys have planned for this? Will tickets be available? Oh, it's going to be a fabulous event. I'm co-chairing alongside Jim Rooney from the Chamber of Commerce and working with Sean Ford of the Boston Tea Party Ships and Museum, and we're really excited about uh, a year-long um, uh, slate of activities starting in December of this year uh, and moving towards the actual reenactment date in December of 23. Um, we're going to be seeing a lot of existing events that are already taking place, like First Night and Harbor Fest, around 
that uh, tea party event. So um, we've got a lot of fun things in store. We've got invitations out to some people in high places <laughs> from, <laughs> from the White House and also uh, from Great Britain. Um, obviously, it's a um, you know an event that we want to share with our friends from across the pond. So we're hoping that we have some extraordinary visitors here for that. And the reenactment will be uh, a, a, an amazing event taking place on the waterfront, and it will be free, so it will not be ticketed event. So we're looking forward to, again, another fantastic Wednesday event in Boston in 23. If you're just waking up and tuning in, you're listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Kendra Petroni, and we've been talking with Martha Sheridan. She's the president and CEO of the Greater Boston Convention and Visitors Bureau. She mentioned it. Tourism is the third largest industry in Massachusetts. And in 2019, get this, visitors to the Commonwealth pumped in more than $22 billion into the state's economy. Then 2020 happened, and the task of leadership was essential for the greater Boston tourism industry to survive its most challenging time. And that's where Martha comes in. Let's get back to our conversation. Martha, throughout your career, you've done a phenomenal job driving visitors to all parts of the greater Boston area. And you're currently working on something called the Boston Neighborhoods Video Project. What is that? And why do you feel it's important to showcase all the different neighborhoods in the city? Yeah, this is a, an initiative I started uh, back when I first took on this role in 2019. Um, it's, it's an effort to showcase you know, the nuances and the people and the stories from every corner of Boston. So we started um, with a website that details each of the neighborhoods and then moved on to creating several videos. We've done Roxbury, Dorchester. We just launched, launched East Boston. We have a Jamaica Plain video. And Hyde Park is up next. And these videos are really special in that they are told from the perspective of people that live and work in each of the neighborhoods. So you really get to meet through Bostonians, mm-hmm. learn about their restaurants and their retail outlets and their cultural activities, and um, just really hear, hear their stories. And it's an effort for people that are coming to Boston to get them um, to see things from beyond Fenway to Faneuil Hall, if you will. That's a great district. We love our downtown historic assets, but um, we want people to know while they're here that there are other incredibly unique and compelling stories being told in other parts of the city, and these videos are a way to do that. How do you feel um, most people who were traveling here, or even just Bostonians at heart, handled all of the changes and the restrictions that were put in place? Because I know you were crucial in creating a lot of successful marketing campaigns like Bring Back Boston Safe and Strong. And I'm just curious, from your perspective, how do you think over the last two years most people did whether they were coming here or just by living here, how they handled all the changes. I think Bostonians and and residents of the Commonwealth were incredibly patient and uh, understanding of what was necessary to do to keep themselves and uh, their neighbors safe. So I would say that we did really well. You know, obviously frustration happens. Um, The longer the pandemic, uh, you know, went on, I think people became a little bit frustrated, obviously, as human nature would have it. But, you know, overall, I think that we were, um, we've still remained a very welcoming city. We've learned to live with some of the restrictions that were in place. We're happy that they're starting to lift now. And I I really want to give a shout out to the hospitality industry because honestly, you know, these are the folks that really um, got hit the hardest, but also had to implement, I think, some of the the strictest, really, uh, restrictions, you know, around 
yep. the vaccine requirements and masking and mm-hmm. you know it's been it's been a challenge and our industry um, has risen to this occasion they've come through it and I couldn't be prouder of the people that I work with I'm absolutely um, in awe of my counterparts in this industry they've been amazing I second that all the way. I mean, they definitely got hit the hardest. Uh, it was definitely a tough, challenging time for them. But I agree with you. I'm I'm proud of them, and I'm proud to be from Boston and and have them represent us. Kind of following on to your your topic of wanting to make Boston, you know, a welcoming city. You you were also really crucial in this new initiative called All Inclusive Boston. Um, it launched last April. You were the chief architect. Why Why was it so important for the city of Boston to, to do something like the all-inclusive Boston campaign? And can you tell us a little more about it? Absolutely. So I was, I, I love that you called me the chief architect. I would <laughs> like to claim that, but actually I was one of three uh, incredible partners that worked on this initiative. Um, the lead architect is actually Colette Phillips from CPC Communications. And we walked, worked alongside uh, Darren Bascom from Proverbs. And, uh, you know, the three entities um, really worked jointly to shine a different light on uh, Boston for many individuals. We did some research. We learned that people have what we think is an outdated perception of our city. They, they think of us as, I'm not sure how to, not terribly we're a diverse. Tough, we're, a tough, we're a tough crowd to, to please yeah. and to accept. I'd say that for sure. Yeah. But, you know, you know what, it, the effort, All Inclusive Boston effort, is, it was an ad campaign that's a beautiful video associated with it. We have a website. And it's really to, again, like the Neighborhoods Campaign, to show um, show the country, show the world a, a different side of Boston. Yeah, we are diverse. We have incredible, mm-hmm. um, diverse cultural assets, and we want people to explore and um, enjoy all of what Boston has to offer. So, again, it was, it was told uh, through the eyes of real Bostonians, the, the story of all-inclusive Boston and we're about to launch the second iteration of that um, in a few weeks, so stay tuned. But it's really, again, just showing people that, you know, you should uh, visit all of our tourism assets that are iconic, but also, hey, take a look at all these amazing black and brown-owned businesses mm-hmm. in our neighborhoods and, and um, show them the love as well. Martha, what is it that drives you to love doing your job? Is there someone or something that motivates you every day to do what you do? Yeah, I mean, it's, that's a really easy uh, answer for me. It's, it's really creating lives and livelihood for people um, in our industry. You know, when I think about us booking a major convention or event or promoting leisure visitation, you know, to our hotels, I think about the fact that, you know, the workers in those properties and the, our incredible front, front line associates are, are going to get more, um, more in their paycheck as a result of more people coming um, it's going to enhance their viability, and uh, and that's why we do what we do. It's it's really about creating quality of life for our workforce, for our residents and visitors all at one time. And it's an incredibly fulfilling and gratifying uh, role that I have. I I can't say enough about it. And you've got you've got to feel happy. I mean, I'm sure your staff, you, everybody that that works alongside you in this effort, you guys must be thrilled to see that events are being planned again, crowds are building throughout the city, and people are just dying to be together, celebrating. I mean, the feeling has got to be happiness, right? That you guys are happy, everything seems to be coming back. It does, yeah. I think um, I think we're on the finally, finally, finally on the road to true recovery. We've had a few fits and starts, as I mentioned earlier, but. I think 22 is our year. 
um, you know, we're excited that the marathon is going to happen again in April and it'll be bigger than the um, version that they um, they put on last fall, which was great, but uh, now hopefully back closer to um, its original size and scope. So that'll really kick things off and uh, just a lot happening in 22. Our hotels are starting to fill back up again and meetings are happening and and I, I think there's a really nice buzz. So um, hopefully hopefully this year is it. What's your hope for the city, you know, even just for the next two years? Do you have a goal in mind or a certain mission that you'd like to have accomplished for the city of Boston as we kind of climb out from under this horrible stress cloud that we've we've been stuck under? <laughs> Do you have a, a specific goal yes. in mind? Well, short-term goal is to get us back to where we were pre-pandemic levels. You know, we just, we want, we want the volume of visitors to come back and enjoy our city and, and uh you know, see our hospitality industry buzzing again. Long-term goal is to really um, uh, invest more strategically in in destination marketing and really enhance and elevate uh, Boston's position on a global stage. So we, we do have some resources to do that. Stay tuned for more on that. But, um, you know, we really we want to position Boston as, as the premier U.S. visitor destination for folks from across the U.S. and beyond and um, we're poised to do that. So that's that's my hope. That's my goal. And the website I want to give out for all of our listeners now, it's bostonusa.com, bostonusa.com. And we'll put a link up on magic1067.com as well. You can click on that link and you can find all kinds of events, things to do in the city of Boston. And as always, Martha, thank you for what you do because, you know, I'm a hometown girl. I've lived here my whole life. But without people like you working hard to to bring others in and include everyone into our city, you know, we would be lost here. So I appreciate all the work that you're doing. And I know how tough it was the last two years for the tourism industry. So I'm hoping that it's coming back full swing. And we love having you on the show. So thank you so much. Thank you, Kendra. It's my pleasure. Thank you to Martha Sheridan for being in the spotlight today on Exceptional Women. We talk with celebrities and CEOs, but we're also interested in talking with your neighbors, coworkers, and friends who are quietly making an impact in their communities. Go to magic1067.com and email us if you know someone you'd like to have on the show. Follow us on Instagram at sue.tab and at Kendra the Entertainer. We always love hearing from you and be sure to join us every Sunday morning for another edition of Exceptional Women. Have a great day, everyone.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 